Will Conor Gleeson come up and be the hero? Conor Gleeson has been called up. You couldn't write the drama. Detention in Bear Stadium, 39-34. And Conor Gleeson will come up to take a free that could ultimately win the Connor final for Galway. Gleeson makes his way up as if he's walking up to a green and down in Dunmore going taking a little chip on. He'll have no bother with the distance, but can he get the accuracy? Listen to Pier Stadium if this ball goes over the bar. Connor Gleeson, 45, 46, 47, maybe 50 metres out. Not quite sure. The ball is on the deck. And Gleeson will step back. He'll only take two steps. We've been there at it on time. This to go over. This For to John win the Cannon final. John Cullen can't look. This is John Cullen has his head on the shoulders of Keane O'Neill. Porrick Joyce has seen all this before. He looks into the stand. The kick will come for Gleeson. It's on its way. It's high. It's, it's over. Cullen Gleeson puts the ball up and over the bar. And Galway just might have won the Cannon final. The pitch has been evaded, but the match is not over. The pitch... It's over now! Galway have done it in the end. I thought you were going to say, they think it's all over! It is now! You're listening to the full-time whistle on Galway Bay FM. Drama in Pierce Stadium as Galway win Connacht title number 50. A one-point win over Mayo in deep, deep in injury time with Conor Gleeson kicking the winning point. It's been a day and weekend of history with going night at women creating history yesterday evening with the largest attendance ever. Loads more happening. It's been a busy weekend. It's the full-time whistle. We're with you all the way through until 8 o'clock and like I said, sometimes we don't even have enough time to give you the full intro inside the music so we're just going to keep going. It has been an incredible weekend. Disappointing for the Galway senior hurlers and the Galway under-20 footballers. But the Galway minor hurlers are very much back in contention after their win over Wexford. Galway were in action in the under-16 All-Ireland Camogie Championship. Three wins out of three in the under-14. Ladies football, we have a bit of history happening tonight. Uh, in two different countries in the United States you've got Neve Heffernan and Martin Mulcairns going for gold in the uh, professional handballs finals that are on in Salt Lake City and Killian Green is running for gold as part of the Irish 4 by 400 metre relay team at the World Relay Finals in the Bahamas a lot more happening as well in rugby of course you had the Ardna Craig in underage finals Connacht Juniors were beaten in soccer the semi-finals of the Connacht Junior Cup and Connacht Junior Shield and an awful lot more besides, but I think we must start with what happened this afternoon in Pierce Stadium in Salt Hill. A game that went every single second of the 75, 80 minutes plus played by referee David Goff. In the end, it went down to a single kick. And that kick was achieved by Dunmore's Conor Gleeson, and in doing so, gave Galway the Connacht Senior Football title. The story of the game from Kevin Dwyer. Galway 16 points, Mayo 15 points. What a game. What a win. What a way to win a Connacht final. A long-range free converted by goalie Conor Gleeson. Edge Galway one point ahead at the end of five minutes of added time. There was little between the sides all through. Mayo and Galway trading scores and opportunities. And Mayo leading seven points to five at half-time. Mayo dominated the first quarter and led by three points to one after 15 minutes. Matthew Ruan opening the score for them and Robert Finnerty getting one back from a free from Galway. However, Ryan O'Donoghue and Fergal Boland both pointed for Mayo. Then Galway came right into the game, Damien Comer and Robert Finnerty getting a point apiece so that after 18 minutes it was level at three points all. 
However, Mayo pushed on again. Uh, Donica McHugh, Tommy Conroy and Ryan O'Donoghue with a free put Mayo six points to three clear after 28 minutes. Robert Finnerty and Ryan O'Donoghue then traded points so that it was 7-4 in favour of Mayo after 33 minutes. But Finnerty managed to get another point at free for Galway just before the halftime whistle and Galway went in two points behind. The start of the second half saw Damien Cobra cut the deficit seven points to six after two minutes. And then Johnny Heaney pointed and uh, Rob Finnerty fisted a point so that Galway were eight points to seven in front for the first time eight minutes got in the second half. However, they all hit back four in a row. Jordan Flynn, Matthew Ruan, Ryan Dunahoo and uh, Dunahoo with a free meant that after 18 minutes it was now Mayo 11 points, Galway 8. But if Mayo could score four in a row, so could Galway. Robert Finnerty with another free. Conor Gleeson, the goalie, came up and put over a free from the 45-metre line. Robert Finnerty added one from play, and Shane Walsh also scored on the 27th minute, so that now Galway were one point ahead. Galway 12 points, Mayo 11 points. Killian O'Connor and Shane Walsh traded points so that on 29 minutes it was Galway 13 points, Mayo 12 points. Mayo then took the bit between their teeth and they got three points in a row. Ryan O'Donoghue with a free, Matthew Ruan from play and Tommy Conroy with a fister point so that as the game entered at a time, Mayo were now two points clear, 15 points to 13. Five minutes of at a time were called but Galway lifted their game and really put the siege on the Mayo goal. It ended with Robert Finnerty getting a point from a free. Then uh, the ball from the kick-out was won by Conor Gleeson at the middle of the field. He knocked it down to uh, Paul Conroy and flicked it out to Daniel Flaherty. And Flaherty was bearing down on the Mayo goal when he was fouled. And Shane Walsh converted that free so that it was now level. 15 points apiece, 30 by 39 minutes gone on the stopwatch. Galway then won the kick-out and won a turnover ball uh, outside the 45-metre line. A long-range kick. They called up Conor Gleeson from the goal, and the Dunmore man made no mistake putting it between the posts and sealing a victory for Galway. A few extra minutes were played, but Galway held out fiercely and uh, deservedly won the Connacht final on a final score of Galway 60 points, Mayo 50 points. This is Kevin Dwyer for Galway BFM Sport. We'll hear from Goy manager Paul Joyce in just a couple of minutes, but let's hear from two other men who were very much part of that Goy win. Now we'll start with Damien Comer speaking to Jonathan Higgins. Damien, you've just nearly come in and you're getting adored. You've nearly leant against the wall. What a day! Yeah, look at uh, a great day. Three in a row and in Salt Hill, our first win here of the year. So yeah, it's a special one. Look at it. We probably we needed that. We needed that as a group more than anything. And delighted, delighted. We, we stuck at it. As well, you must have put so many hard slugs trying to get back in your recovery, cold all nights, repetitive sessions, etc. To come back, that makes it all worthwhile again. An old cliche, I, I understand, but it, it probably is very true here. Ah, yeah, look, it was frustrating here on a personal level, but frustrating here for the group as well because just overall, we we had so many injuries, so many setbacks. Like, in fairness to, to Porek and the lads, all the backroom and, and and the squad, like, stuck at it, stuck at it. And, and, again for more minutes today so it was great just build on it now it's win at home three in a row but it's, it's, it's obviously not the end of anything so we have to push on from here and, 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 and get back to work on, on Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever it is such a hard fought game though it seemed to swing back and forth I thought we had it I thought we lost it what was it like to play in? yeah it was tough like I suppose going getting it back level then they pushed on to, to 
I suppose, and, and the energy off the bench. Shaney chipped in with two good scores in at really important times. Johnny Heaney running up the pitch, clipping one, and just like, yeah, we stayed in the game, and big turnovers, I suppose, big possessions, big wins at different times, and look for, thankfully, thankfully it helped us in the end, but yeah, it was some battle, and it was a great one to come out. We're tangent, but is there a slight benefit to the way you ground the victory out against Sligo that you, you knew he could go to the well, perhaps? Yeah, look, we, we would have been disappointed with our performance. We would have been very disappointed with our performance in, in Sligo. We didn't take our chances, and look, at, at the end, then it was like we had we got out of jail. Sligo probably should have beaten us, but look, up, we we did we're, we did enough to get over the line and got our chance to be here today. And now we've now we've pushed on one, and probably no one gave us much of a chance today, but look, we stuck at it and we're on a champions Cameron picked him up with the white preds. Uh, you were in predator mode out there. <laughs> yeah, I'd say they're a bit flashy though. They'd be a 10 point forward. I know. Look, delighted to get the win. And such special scenes in at the end, and this could be a big night. Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's great. Obviously, local rivalry, so it's always nice when to get on top of it. They've had the upper hand the last while, but look, it's nice to get one back over. Well, let's hear from the man who kicked the winning point, Connor Gleeson, also spoke to Johnny. Connor, it's, it's all a bit nuts. I don't know how you'd describe it, where you want to start off. But firstly, what a moment for yourself from a personal point of view. When you came up to take that one, did you feel how much happiness this would bring everybody? Um, no, I wasn't thinking that. I said, if I just aim for the black spot, straight through it, um, I'll give myself a chance. So that's, that's all I did. I gave myself a chance. It went over, thank God. It was a long time waiting for it. Well, it felt like a long time for us. Maybe it was, a, it was like a buzzer killer in the NFL, perhaps. Yeah, I don't know. I, I knew I could take my time with it. He was going to let me strike it. He wouldn't pull me for that. Maybe he pulled me on a kick out. But, um, look, it, it was a draw game, so it's, it's a free shot. If we miss, you know, if, if we were a point down, I don't know how confident I'd be on that kick, I'd say. Did, did you, when did you know? Was it straight away? Did, how, can you describe your emotions? at the end like it was a bit of a scramble waiting yeah. for the whistle to come and then just pandemonium here people talk about provisional champions or they've been watered down look at the scenes here look at the scenes in full time it's hard to deny any of that no um, Connor medal means a lot to me I, um, when I came into the panel I was I said I'd be happy with one I never thought I'd get three and we, we keep pushing on I'm delighted honestly guys and I suppose like myself it's extra bit special when you are that close to the border yeah I, I suppose it is and the fact they've let us in a few finals um, Crazy. It was a bit of a strange one, perhaps to play before that. It was kind of back and forth, both teams at phases of dominance, and then would swing back and forth. Yeah, probably um, a lot of sloppy mistakes by both teams. Um, it's, all, it's all just crazy. So I don't know. Everybody think of all the turnovers at the top of my head, but I know I had a few. Maybe some that we'd be working on. I'm sure coming out with the ball because I probably was taking off one or two. Conor Gleeson speaking to uh, Jonathan Higgins. Let's hear from the Goy manager, Paul Joyce. Porrick, as someone who grew up on the Goy border, I don't need to explain, but maybe for the wider audience, how special was that victory for your side? Look, it's massive for, for people of Galway, massive for the players. Um, obviously, we were underdogs coming into the game, and a home game, which is, feeds its own kind of impulse into us, but look at it. Mammoth, mammoth finish, an unbelievable exciting finish. Maybe the quality in the game might have been there by a lot of people at the first half, but just that both teams went at it and played, played really, really well. Um, so look, I think it was a real spectacle, and obviously our lads just had nothing but high praise for them. The way they stuck at it, they were two points up, and then they went two down, went level again, back to two down. And like we were two down, like, with, with the clock was up at five minutes extra time, and we got three scores, which is phenomenal. Like, you know, there was a lot of key moments in the game, obviously 
to me the key one was Sean Kelly just possessed Matthew around that time it was an unbelievable tackle that he got a two of him, got a score out of it and look at again for Conor Gleeson to kick the 45 before that and then turn around and kick the winning score like I mean the man has got unbelievably unfair press in this county from our own people which is which I find ridiculous um, there's obviously a run a battle about who should be in goal or whatever but look at he's our number one keeper and like I spoke to him uh, during the week and I spoke to him before the game about these three kicks if they came up he says yeah I took them he said no problem Point Joyce was referring to the group stages Galway now know where they are going to be and they're going to be in group one of the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship alongside the Ulster runners-up that won't be decided till next Sunday and you've also got Derry and Westmead and the opening game is against Derry on the weekend of May the 18th and 19th their second game is against Westmead and the last game it's one at home one away and one neutral venue so the home game is Derry the away game is Westmead the neutral venue is either Armagh or Donegal on June the 15th and 16th. For Mayo, they will be at home to Cavan in their first game. Then their second game, I will see them away to Roscommon. And their last game is against Dublin or Louth. Well, it's more than likely it's the Leinster champions they will face. So it'll probably be Dublin at a neutral venue on June the 15th and 16th. So the celebrations, no doubt, will go on for a little while this evening. But there was a case of not this, uh, no, no celebrations for the Goy Senior Hurlers yesterday as they were beaten by Wexford. 128 to 23 points. In the Leicester Minor Hurling Championship, good result over Kenneth Burkside. They beat Wexford 319 to 115 and going to 20 footballers unfortunately three second half goals were their undoing 
as they lost to Roscommon by 3.13 to 17 points. Today, the All-Ireland 16 Camogie Championship got underway and saw Galway lose to Cork 113 to 18. But yesterday, great performance from the Galway under-14 ladies as they won all three of their under-14 Platinum Series games in uh, Park Pierce's in Woodmount, uh, beating Carlo by 7.11 to no score, Kerry by 2.7 to 5 points and Tyrone by 8 goals and 6 points to 1 goal and 2. Let's bring you the reports of those directly after this. You're listening to the Full Time Whistle on Galway Bay FM. Well, after all the excitement of today with the county uh, winning the Connacht Senior Football title, there was a chastening experience for the Galway Senior Hurlers yesterday, losing to Wexford by 128 to 23 points in the Leinster Championship. The story of the game from Niall Canavan. Wexford 128, Galway 23 points. It was a chastening day for Galway as they were well beaten by Wexford in the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship in a game played at Walsh Park on Saturday. Galway were second best all through and couldn't get to the pitch of this game against a Wexford side that brought an intensity and cohesion to the game that Galway lacked. Wexford's hunger was ravenous following their defeat to Antrim last weekend and their eight-point victory over a Galway side that looked seriously out of sorts and lacked the necessary aggression and championship sharpness that is required at this level. Wexford thundered into Galway and they created oceans of space when exploiting Galway's lack of pace at every opportunity. Galway have two games remaining in the Leinster Championship against both Antrim and Dublin, and they must beat both of these teams if they are to progress in the Championship. Wexford held a 15 points to 13 advantage at half-time, but once Rory O'Connor scored a goal in the early stage of the second half, their dander was up, and from there to the end, there was only going to be one winner. Indeed, Wexford were reduced to 14 players, when Keane Byrne was sent off on 51 minutes, and at that stage it was 120 to 17 points. However, Galway couldn't get back into the game. And, as it progressed... Any structure or any semblance of structure that Galway had during this game seemed to abate and by the end they were a well-beaten team with Wexford recording their eight-point victory and their first over Galway in the Leinster Championship and indeed their first victory over Galway since 1996. As stated, it was 15 points at 13 at half-time. There was little to separate the sides early on and by the time Mark Fanning pointed to free in the 13th minute, it was five points apiece. Galway's earliest scores came from Evan Nyland from a free, while Brian Concannon, Keenan Fahey, Conor Cooney and Conor Whelan were all on target during this early spell for Galway. Indeed, though, Wexford could have scored a goal inside the opening minute when Conor Hearn raced through, but his shot went agonisingly wide from a Wexford perspective. Between the 13th and the 20th minutes, Wexford hit five unanswered points and they raced into a nine points to five lead with Conor MacDonald, Lee Chin, Damien Rick and Rory O'Connor all scoring from play. Indeed, Rory O'Connor finished the game with 1-6 in a fine performance, while Lee Chin was a constant threat all through, with Conor MacDonald also scoring two points. Galway stopped the Rotson Mosh when scoring four in a row themselves. Ronan Glennon pointed when through on goal, and then a foul on Brian Cannon resulted in a point for Evan Nyland. And when Conor Whelan and Gavin Lee were on target by the 26th minute, the sides were level at nine points apiece. Lee Chin and Rory O'Connor responded with scores for Wexford before Tom Monaghan's uh, first score left it at 11 points to 10 on 28 minutes. Prior to half-time, Wexford hit four points as opposed to Galway's three, with the Galway scorers coming from all from Evan Nyland, his third, fourth and fifth points from freeze, respectively, with Keane Byrne, Conor MacDonald and Lee Chin on target for Wexford, and they led at half-time on a 15 points to 13 scoreline. On the resumption, Evan Nyland's sixth free left a point between them at 15 points to 14. But then in 40 minutes, the crucial goal arrived when Rory O'Connor raced through the Galway defence and he shot to the net to see his side into a 115 to 14 points lead. 
Evan Nyland then pointed to free for Galway, but between the 42nd and the 49th minutes, Wexford hit five points as opposed to one from Galway, with Nyland again on target. Mark Fanning landed his second long-range free, while Liam Og McGovern, Keane Byrne, Lee Chin and Rory O'Connor were all on target, as Wexford had built a 120-16 to 16 points lead in front of a crowd of over 6,000, and the, Wex- the, we- the Wexford fans were extremely happy at this particular stage. Evan Nyland then pointed from play to leave it at 120-17 to 17 points, before on 51 minutes, Keane Byrne was um, sent off on a straight car- red card for a high tackle on Donal O'Shea. Lee Chin then pointed a free for Wexford before Porrick Mannon pointed one for Galway to leave it at 121 to 18 points. Then on 56 minutes, Derek Fahey made a great save to deny Rory O'Connor a second Wexford goal. Wexford were still pushing hard. Connor Foley shot a super score. Lee Chin pointed a 65 with Tom Monaghan and Gavin Lee responding for Galway and with six minutes remaining, it was 123 to 20 points. Late on, Galway hit three additional points from Evan Island, his 10th and 11th scorers of the day while Declan McLaughlin was also on target when he came on as a sub, but Wexford were the dominant side and were worthy winners in a day, with Lee Chin excelling, Rory Connor hitting one goal and six points, and Connell Dunbar hitting the last score of the day as they recorded a 128-23 to 23 points victory. For Galway, Evan Island hit 11 points, 10 of those from freeze and one from play. Connor Cooney got a point, Connor Whelan hit two, Tom Onahan scored two, as did Gavin Lee, with the point apiece being scored by Brian Concannon, Ronan Glennon, Keenan Fahey, and Porrick Mannion as well as substitute Declan McLaughlin. In the end, Galway had no answers to Wexford, who were by far and away the better team. It finished Wexford 1 goal and 28 points, Galway 23 points, Niall Canavan for Galway BFM. Let's hear the reaction of Goy manager Henry Shefflin. He spoke to Niall after the game. Henry Shefflin in the end, uh, disappointing result and a disappointing performance as well from a Galway perspective. Yeah, that's uh, one way to put it. Now, um, it's probably been the most disappointing I've been in the dressing room since I took charge of this team. So, um, yeah, we just, I suppose we didn't see it coming, didn't see it coming at half time. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I must give credit to Wexford again. You know, I thought even the first half was probably a very cagey, error ridden game, I would say. And the second half, then, once they got the goal, they really came to life. And uh, I must say they performed very well. Also, on the flip side, uh, very poor performance. Uh, tired, you know, really struggled to get any flow in the game whatsoever. So, very, very disappointing. They brought a serious intensity to it, particularly in the second half. They, they ran, a, ran at Galway and caused a lot of problems. Yeah, they, they were playing a championship pace, I would yeah. say. And even last week, we probably struggled to get to that championship pace that Kenny brought. We were hoping that we were going to be better in the back of that game, but unfortunately, it wasn't the case. So, no, we were, we were very poor and. Um, it was, it was a hard feeling come the end of it now to be fair but at that stage the game was gone Wexford were really and even when they lost their man they were starting to they were starting to dominate the game and uh I thought they played very well and they were really hungry. You know, the breaks, like we, we, we turned over the ball so much. Like so and even in the first half when we had some possessions, we were turning it over too easily. That some of that was our mistakes, and some of it was Wexford's intensity, which they brought, so they were well deserving winners. In the second half towards the end, all structure seemed to, to go out of your play. There was players in all different positions at that stage. Uh, yeah, you know, the whole thing had just lost its, its shape and look at like Asian two with the ball on his own and next thing they could turn it over and I think it was Royal Connor pushed over the bar and but I said we had lost all shape. I don't think it made a major difference, but it didn't, didn't look good. Now come the end, it looked absolutely. Uh, we looked a bit dead in our feet coming there. And I suppose that's the funny thing. That's how I feel now. And uh, 
still is hope, you know, we're still left in the championship. It doesn't feel like that at this moment of time and it won't feel like that for a long number of days. But if we can win their next two games, we have a chance in the championship. But uh, I said 20 minutes after the game is not the time to be talking about with a performance like that and it was uh, it was very, very disappointing. You have a two-week break now, obviously it's needed in the sense that you have a couple of guys obviously injured, Darren Morris is out, Cahill Mannion didn't uh, perform there, didn't play today. Um, to get that two-week break, I think at this stage you probably need it now after the three weeks. Yeah, I think we do and obviously we absolutely do because we did look tired today but as well as that I think, you know, I suppose our bench are looking at that performance or lads outside the 26 are looking at performance and they're probably saying I'd love a crack at this, could I do better and I suppose that's what we'll use this two weeks to do now is try and we'll have to change things up and, and shake things up and uh, we'll go about looking at that for the next two weeks and I suppose, look, I know this group and I know it's very disappointing and I know for the Galway public looking at that it's not what they want to view but I, I know the effort they put in and how much they wanted too much sometimes and um, I, I, I think that can weigh a little bit on them and uh, it's very very quiet and um, hurt dress room but hopefully over the next two weeks we can start with it because uh, straight away going to Corrigan Park now is going to be a difficult task the way we're playing at the moment and there are two games that essentially Galway have to win now to stay in the championship that's yeah it's, it's championship hurling like um, we're not we're not playing like championship hurling at the moment we're still in league phase it, it feels like um, which from management point of view is very disappointing because we went to the camp we've trained very well we felt good coming into this uh, campaign and our performances haven't matched that can I ask you how bad is Cahill Mannion's injury and it, it wasn't that major like he, he picked it up during the Kenny game last week he was good to be on the bench but unfortunately when he was warming up uh, the physio came over to me and said Carl felt an awareness of that so if you risked him there today you could end up with him gone for the rest of the Leinster Championship so um, and I said that's why he was on the bench we felt we were going to use him but unfortunately he felt a, an awareness of it in the warm up and that just ruled him out so again I don't know it's probably going to be a couple of weeks uh, of an injury again And how is Kevin Cooney's injury progressing is there any chance we'll see him in the, the group stages of the Championship? No still hasn't you know, he's working very hard to fair and uh, we, we, we said from the outside it would be the latter stages of the championship and uh, so, um, so look at, at the moment he's not an option for us now, if you want to hear the full commentary again or the full reaction, uh, it's up on goibfm.ie, including a lengthy piece done by Sean Walsh, now kind of an answer for looking back on Galway's defeat. And if you want to listen back to the Connacht football final, well, keep a very close eye on goibfm.ie because it will be up and online after 8 o'clock this evening. While there was disappointment for the seniors, it was much, much better for the minors. A great performance against Wexford, winning it by 319 to one goal and 15 points and with the story of the game we'll join Nile again The Galway Minor Hurlers qualified for the Leinster semi-final after they had a 3-19 to 1-15 victory over Wexford at Wexford Park on Saturday afternoon Little separated the sides in the first half with Galway holding a slender 10 points to 9 half time advantage but aided by the breeze in the second half Galway outscored Wexford by 3-9 to 1-6 to set up a last four clash in a couple of weeks time As stated Little separated the sides in the first half Indeed, they were level on seven occasions throughout that half before late scores from Brian Callan and Eamon McGlynn saw Galway lead by 10 points to nine at half-time. Indeed, Brian Callan was outstanding for Galway throughout and the Ardrahan youngster held himself to 1-9 in total, including 1-6 from play in a virtuoso performance. Jonah Donnan at centre-back was also prominent, while other players, including the likes of Kieran Lean and team captain Cahill Maloney, as well as Gavin Maher, put in stellar performances for Kenneth Burke's side. 
The sides were level at five points apiece by the 20th minute after Jack Dunn had pointed for Wexford. By then, Brian Callan had scored four points for Galway, in three, including three superb scores from play, while they had opened the scoring with the Kieran Lean point on two minutes. Wexford's Sean O'Brien was also in impressive form, and by the 22nd minute, he had put Wexford in front after his fourth free had seen them into a six points to five lead. Galway responded with an excellent score from team captain Cahill Maloney, and Brian Callan once again see them into a seven points to six lead. They were to add three further points prior to half-time through Kieran Lean, Brian Callan and Eamon McGlynn. And despite Sean O'Brien keeping Wexford in touch, it was 10 points to nine at half-time in favour of Galway. In that first half, Carl Sinnott also shot a superb Wexford point, while Jonah Donnan was hurling up a storm at centre-half-back for Galway. On the resumption, Sean O'Brien levelled with his first score from play to leave it at 10 points apiece, but then on four minutes, the game's defining score arrived. A flowing goal and move involving Kieran Lean and Jamie Ryan resulted in Sean Moran blasting the, sh- the slither to the net. But by then, the referee seemed to have blown his slither toward Galway a free in. However, the goal stood and Galway took advantage and were 110 to 10 points in front. O'Brien Callan free then put Galway 111 to 12 to 10 points in front and 20 pointed soon after it was 112 to 10 points. Indeed, Galway scored one goal and five points without reply between the 46th and 53rd minutes to move into a 218 to 12 points lead. Their second goal that came from Stephen Kane on 47 minutes. While by then Wexford were also down to 14 men with the dismissal of Oshin Moore on a second yellow card. Kane, Jamie Ryan and Brian Callan and subs Ronan Callan were also on target for Galway as they built a substantial double scores lead at 218 to 12 points. Wexford were awarded a penalty on 57 minutes following a foul on Reese Wickham. Sean O'Brien blasted the penalty to the net, while Jamie Kennedy pointed soon after to leave it at 218 to 1.13. Killian Roach then pointed for Galway, with Sean Highland then seeing his shot excellently saved by Galway goalkeeper Sean Kelly, who indeed also pointed in that second half. Later on, Galway added a score from Brian Callan, this time a goal when the Wexford goalkeeper um, Paddy Bugley's short puck out went astray, and in the end, Galway were deserving victors on a 319 to 115 scoreline. Brian Callan took the scoring honours when scoring one goal and nine points, including one six from play. Jamie Ryan got a point, Kieran Lean got three points in the full forward line, while Eamon Ridling got a point, Stephen Kane got 1 1, Sean Moran scored a goal, subs Killian Roach and Ronan Callan were on target, while defender and team captain Cahill Munoy scored a point in the first half, and goalkeeper Sean Kelly scored a long range free. In the end, a well-deserved victory for Galway. Three goals and 19 points for Galway. One goal and 15 points for Wexford. Niall Canavan for Galway BFM. So there was good news for the Goy Miners. Unfortunately, yesterday evening saw the Goy under-20s lose to Roscommon in the Connacht final in McHale Park in Castlebar. Those three goals from Roscommon proved to be their undoing. Roscommon winning at 3.13 to 17 points. And Kevin Dwyer reports. Disappointment for Galway under-20s in the Connacht final played in Castlebar. Galway had put in a good shift in the first half to lead Roscommon 8 points to 6, although the tribesmen had played into a strong breeze. But Roscommon were more than equal to Galway's first half efforts when they made light of the conditions in the second half and counter-attacked with pace, which resulted in them scoring three goals that sank Galway's chances. Roscommon started sprightly and led by four points to no score after the opening 12 minutes. Eventually, Galway got the rhythm going and Two scores each from Jack Mullen and Cullum Costello made it four points apiece after 15 minutes. Then Ross Cummins' corner forwards both put over a mark apiece, Bobby Nugent and man of the match Shane McGinley on target to restore Ross Cummins' lead six points to four and 17 minutes gone in the first half clock. 
However, Galway responded with four points from the 24th to the 29th minute, Fionn McDonagh opening and closing the salvo, while Shane McGinley and Mark Mannion added two exceptional points in between. This left Galway eight points to six in front at the interval. Galway introduced the Heichel Commons at midfield for Conor Heenan after the restart, but it was Ross Common that burst out of the blocks. They scored 1-2 in the opening seven minutes to go goal in front, Niall O'Donnell getting their goal, while Galway captain Matthew Thompson managed to steady things with two scores, one from a free, so that with 40 minutes played, it was Ross Common, one goal and eight points, Galway 10 points. Roscommon kicked on again, though, from the 47th to the 51st minute, scoring 1-3. Shane McGinley with the goal and three points from sub Ryan Dowling. However, again, Galway responded with four scores from play. Fionn McDonagh, Jack Mullen, Colum Costello and Mullen, Mullen again, all hitting the target to leave it Roscommon. 2-12, Galway 16 points, a two-point gap and four minutes left to play but Ross Common were not to be denied. McGinley pointed to, expend, to extend the lead to a goal and it was sub Ryan Dowling that put the icing on the Ross Common cake when he netted their third goal, 3.13 to 16 minutes and the game in added time. Galway's Jack Mullen did manage to fist over a late point as Galway came hunting for goals, but it was Ross Common that hung on for a deserved victory on a final scoreline. Ross Common, three goals and 13 points. Galway, 17 points. This is Kevin DeWire for Galway Bay FM Sport. And before we go, I want to remind you again that fantastic result for the going under 14 ladies yesterday. Uh, three games against Carlo Kerry and Tyrone and won all three. 7-11 to no score over Carlo, uh, 2-7-5 points over Kerry and 8-6-1-2 over Tyrone. The going under 16 Camogie team beaten by Cork, 1-13 to one goal and eight points before we go to the break I want to tell you about handball because tonight we have got uh, two um, Irish players two Galway players in fact involved in finals in the R48 men's pro and R48 women's pro competitions Martin Mulcairns of McCullen he went through to the final after dismantling uh, Vic Perez and Leo Canales in just 46 combined minutes he won the quarter final uh, beating Perez 15-5 15-3 and in the semi-final beat Canales 15-5 15-2 there was actually he's taking on Killian Carroll by the way in the final uh, that's on tonight now in the women's game there were actually two Galway players in the semi-finals they were Neve Heffernan and uh, Sianney Hurin who made it through Heffernan upset Clodagh Munro to advance to the uh, semi-final and then beat a very very talented Ruiz Ashley Ruiz that is in the semi-final uh, she uh, won beat Munro 15-6 15-10 and then beat Ruiz uh, by 15-3 uh, 15-7 now for Siani Hurin she got through to the semi-final as well after a good win over Dasilaskas 15-7 15-1 but came up against the highly talented Katrina Casey who won it in straight sets 15 Seven fifteen six. So those two finals, the WR48 and Men's 48 Pro Finals are on tonight in Salt Lake City in Utah. Hopefully we'll have news of them tomorrow. Right, we're going to go to a break because we've got soccer to bring you and also a very special interview that was done last night in the Bahamas after Killian Green booked his place at the Olympic Games in Paris. You're listening to The Full-Time Whistle on Galway Bay FM.
Well, the number 2861 will be one that will be remembered by Goy Knight fans for many, many years because that was the attendance at last night's game between Goy United Women and DLR Waves. A brand new record. In fact, a clear maybe 12, 1300 more than the previous Women's National League home game record and not far off the full record, which is 3,500 for the Women's FAI Cup final. It was a busy weekend. We had action in the Connacht Junior Cup semi-finals and Junior Shield as well. And with us all, here's Mike. Well, in front of an attendance of 2,861, uh, Go United, I think, women set an attendance record for the Electricity Women's National League yesterday afternoon in DC Park when a huge crowd uh, witnessed a comfortable 4 0 victory over WLR away, or DLR waves, indeed. Uh, Go United were two up at the rate, courtesy of a Jenna Slattery penalty and Lindsay McKee uh, shot. Uh, they were always in command. The uh, margin could have been even greater. Uh, Julianne Russell also struck a post and the second half early on a Jamie Erickson goal followed by a comfortable cultured effort uh, by Avine Costello uh, secured all three points for the home side in front of a very passionate and uh, well attended uh, crowd uh, the United have extended their advantage at the top of the table to four points as they lead from second place Shelburne with Athlone Town third they are in action again uh, next weekend. Switching to the local junior soccer scene and uh, it was Connacht Cup weekend and uh, Mary Ordenmore and Castlebar Celtic will uh, contest the Connacht Junior Cup final on the last Sunday of the month. Uh, looks like that uh, game will more than likely be in MNDC Park if it's available. This afternoon out in uh, Colga, uh, the, the home side were beaten 2-0 by uh, Mary Ordenmore. A Luke Smith cracking volley from outside the box on 36 minutes uh, gave the, uh, visit- the visiting side of Merritt one nil intervallid Advantage. They certainly look comfortable for the duration of the game, created the most opportunities. Uh, Joe Gohan did have an effort that clipped the crossbar for Calga. Tom Daly uh, didn't got few got very few opportunities in front of goal for Calga. One up, one did come his way. He finished it, but unfortunately the flag was up for a correct off the side decision. And on 88 minutes, uh, Maliki Black applied the uh, second goal from close range after uh, goalkeeper uh, James Murphy batted away an earlier effort. So, but a comfortable and emerging success, it must be said for. Mary Ordenmore. The other uh, semi-final was equally competitive. A Luke Kelly goal in the opening half. Talking, there's talks of it being offside, but thereabouts don't know. But uh, Castlebar defeated Salt Hill Devon by a goal to nil. And as I said, that final between Mary Ordenmore and Castlebar Celtic in the last uh, Sunday of May. Uh, Moyne Villa are through to the uh, Connacht Shield final this afternoon. Goals from Aaron McDonough, Jason O'Reilly, and Kyle Graney helped them to a 3-2 home win over uh, Balnagar Manor. The other semi-final saw Westport United defeat soon fad by two goals to one so just like the Connacht Cup final the Connacht Shield final will be a Galway Mayo final not sure where that's going to take place in the Premier League while none of the top teams are in action as we're aware it's also Devon and Nathan Rye are chasing down that Premier League title but elsewhere a goal from Joshua Callaghan allowed Merv United to defeat Lockray by a goal to nil Hibernians are 4-2 winners over Comestown United in midweek Renmore defeated Lockray by 3-2 Sonny Omakua got two of those goals and nine curtain got the, the winner in the championship the University of Galway clinched their uh, promotion I'm sure they're still making their way back from uh, Tully Cross they were 5-2 winners over West Coast United this afternoon as a meeting between uh, top and bottom and of course that clinched their position as champions elsewhere goals from Wallace and De Silva Seamus Kelly and Nathan Carney held Cardiffin United to a 3-2 win over Dynamo Blues David Connaughton scored twice and Julio Moroso got the other as Nakhna defeated uh, Carb Celtic 3-2 
while in a game played in midweek West United maintained their promotion push of course they're involved very much uh, with the Moyne Villa for that second promotion spot goals from Jason Grealish and Michael Brown had them defeat Carb Celtic by two goals to one in the ladies Connacht senior sorry not Connacht the ladies local senior cup semi-final this afternoon goals by Joy Orugo and Rachel Barrett helped uh, Cas- uh, Carb Celtic defeat Nottingham by two goals to nil and they're going to face Salt Hill Devon in the final and there's another big game coming up this week uh, on Wednesday evening uh, for Carb Celtic because they play Nottingham again in the league playoff final the Go United Academy action took place victory for the two women's sides a goal for Leanne goals by Leanne Regan and Abby Callanan saw the under 19 side defeat uh, DLR Waves uh, by two goals to nil this afternoon the uh, under 17 team were three two winners over Sligo Rovers yesterday Annie McGough and Katie Flynn got the first two goals don't know who got the uh, third one but um, and the men's under 20 side they just had a Killian Tollett goal to show for their efforts in a 2-1 defeat at home against UCD no joy for the under 17 side beaten 3-0 by Sligo Rovers the under 15 team are uh, top of their table uh, four wins and a draw in their last five games they absolutely hockeyed a very weak Limerick side by 11 goals to nil uh, Crowley Leiden got six of those goals Brown got two uh, Semkiv got two and Kirby got the other while in the under 14 team goals for Ginty and Harty so the under 14 team remain unbeaten but they had lost a two goal advantage as they finished 2-2 with that lone town and you heard Mike mention that incredible win for Goal United Women against DLR Waves in front of a record crowd at Eamon DC Park last night uh, Mike has been speaking to Goal United manager Phil Trill what a day Mike to be honest uh, stuff on the pitch I thought was really good probably in the first half we were guilty of taking a bit too much out of the ball um, in transition moments and then we fixed a bit of that at half time and look like DLR to, to their credit they kept battling and kept fighting but um, I think there was probably only one team on the pitch really that, that looked like they were going to win the game from the start and um, that was definitely us so, so you know really happy with that Two up at the break it could have been even more rewarding Yeah it could have been could have been more we probably felt we, we could have been more clinical in the final third and uh, at times probably could have just beaten a player and get it in and stuff like that but uh, again like to go when they all last week the fear is always that you, you, the goals have stopped coming but uh, definitely I thought we were really consistent and some of the moves we worked on this week definitely came into fruition and obviously in the second half again I thought probably 2 nil probably could have been 3 or 4 um, but look delighted again different goal scorers again I think and uh, you know so that's, that's a real positive today Now Jamie got the third Jimmy Erickson got the third I think it was eight minutes into the second half and I mean not that DLR ever looked like getting back into the game but it was certainly a goal that killed off the contest yeah I think so I think so Jamie gets a goal from a set piece um, a bit frantic at times but uh, she's in the right place to put it in you know uh, the move was a bit frantic in that but uh, yeah it definitely killed DLR and, and then at that stage what we were trying to do inside them was just keep our own standards up and keep our own intensity and um, you know, I think we created a bit of chances and we, we got people off the bench as well today, which is important as well because we have a really good squad and it's important that everybody feels involved, you know. Of course, yes, you made five changes in the second half, but you also, um, as I'll say in fairness, yeah, but you get sort of expanding your use in your squad. Uh, Amy Madden started um, today and uh, Eva Kavanagh, Eva Kavanagh. They made start today as opposed to the team that uh, shared the spoils last weekend. Yeah, um, Emily, Emily, yeah. So em- Emily, Emily came in. Um, she's played against Cork as well, actually. Yeah. So, so we're, we're trying to rotate a bit, Mike, and in that, like, everybody then is really hungry and really fresh. And you saw their, like, you know, roll of stats are incredible, but she had to be on the bench this week. And, you know, goals were the problem last year. And 
we're the highest scoring team in the league and we've just signed a centre forward again this week you know and that she's just come in so we want to continue to push forward and, and um, we need to score a lot more goals but uh, we're definitely on the right foot and again they're coming from everywhere even Costello scores again today you know full back so um, they are coming from everywhere so, so long may that continue please God I think that was the was that the Amanda Smith I saw on the uh on, on, on the uh, in this, in, in the subs I just didn't know who she was that's a new signing obviously yeah yeah so Amanda's come in uh, she just finished college we, we signed her back in November um, but she just had to finish off college so she's come in she's good pedigree as well but you know it's a tough team to get into Mike it's, it's a very tough team when you look at like Ash didn't make Ashmeen didn't make the match day squad she's carrying a knock at the moment but uh, you know like that, that's the quality I suppose of what we have and I mean another clean sheet I know I'm stressing the obvious almost game after game you've only conceded in one game this season yeah, 19 over the last 22, Mike. 22 games, 19 clean sheets. That's, that's not bad. But uh, again, you know, I think we can reflect on that at the end of the season. But look, we've carried on a bit of form that we had towards the end of last season. And, and there will be tougher times than this and there will be tougher opponents than today. So we just need to try and stay level-headed. And, and as you know, clean sheets, uh, good solid foundations are built and we're, we're, we're on the right track. And you'll be able to hear that interview in full on goybfm.ie later this evening. Well, Goy United drew nil all with Derry City last Friday night at Eamon DC Park. The first of three very big games for John Caulfield's men. Mike was there. And while the goals might not exactly be flowing for Goy United, they remain consistent performers in their Tricity Premier League. And on Friday night at Eamon DC Park secured another point for their mid-table position following a scoreless draw with title challengers Derry City. Now, apart from a late spell in which Derry's Will Patching clipped the cross with a cracking shot and Sean Patton was just wide of the target with a low effort United more than matched the visitors however their failing to create and threaten in the last third of the park is a position where we have seen from them on a number of occasions however the side continue to pick up valuable points as they are on a five match unbeaten run and uh, while four clean sheets in that run is a testament to their defensive qualities just two goals scored at the other end remains an issue uh, now United were without the suspended Rob Seven and the injured duo of A. Durvin and Asmin Kazim but uh, Morris Nugent, Regan Donlan and Stephen Walsh were more than capable replacement as United looked just as comfortable in the game as their Derry opponents just a cracking shot on 12 minutes by Vince Borden threatened a breakthrough for the home side as goalkeeper uh, Brian Maher pulled off a stunning reflex save at the other end just a feeble Denny Mullen shot was directed at Brendan Clark now the home side continued to offer just as much as the visitors for the majority of the second half but for all that chances continued to be scarce Derry's late burst almost won it for them but in reality Go United deserved their point John Caulfield's side are in action again tomorrow night when they travel to uh, Dalyman Park and a meeting with fourth placed Bohemians United then return to Terryland on Friday night next for a meeting with Connacht rivals Sligo Rovers Yeah it's going to be good two nights especially tomorrow night with that meeting with Bohemians in Dalyman Park kickoff is 5 o'clock is live here on Goy Bay FM to Rugby we're going to go next not to be for the Connacht Juniors yesterday they were beaten by Leinster 55 points to 14 but today it was a case of celebration on the double for Corinthians who beat Galwegians in the Arden Craig final 22 points to 12 and beat Sligo in the under 17 cup final replay 26 points to 12 the final score in that now we're going to move to golf next David Kitt best of the uh, well, actually the only Galway golfer left at the Munster Men's Stroke Play Championship in Cork he finished up tight for 17th on 4 over par Paul Coughlin won it on a 10 under and in athletics is where we're going to go next what a performance from Killian Green Radisha Adileki Thomas Barr and Charlene Maudley in qualifying for the Olympic Games as a result of their win in the 4x400 metre mixed relay at the World 
athletics relays in Nassau in the Bahamas. They spoke to Athletics Ireland afterwards. Tom Barr, Killian Green, mixed 4 by 400 metres. You've just run, ran a national record. You've qualified the team for the Olympic Games and you've won the heat. I mean, Tom, it couldn't have gone any better. Yeah, and if anyone's wondering why we're missing our other two teammates, they've gone off to warm down and recover to get ready for the women's 4 before in about an hour and a half time. So, um, And hopefully they're going to go out and do the job as well. Like our, our, our number one goal today was to come out of this qualification. We knew in our heart of hearts we had everything we needed to qualify and to get through and win this uh, this race. But it's sometimes it's just a matter of executing it. And I feel like we did exactly what we needed to do today to get the job done. Yeah, and Kelly, and a really, really strong first leg. Um, you got it really hard when you held it together really well up that home straight. Yeah, like I was out in lane seven, so I knew I was going to be running blind. I had one Kenyan outside me, but I just wanted to keep in touch with him and not let anyone inside me pass. Um, it's a bit tough not being able to gauge the race, but um, I felt strong. I set it up well. There's a bit of a breeze here on the back straight, so I'm really glad that I had the legs to, to pass it on to Rashida Strong and for her to, to do her thing in the second leg. So, delighted. And Tom, Rashida gave you the baton in first place. She had to go a little bit wide, but when you got the baton, what were you thinking? What was going through the head? Yeah, there, like to be honest, I was so frustrated because we were crossing 200 metres in third place, which meant we should have been third in the lineup to get the baton. So, Rashida was running in knowing that we were. I was supposed to be in third and I was out on the outside so I actually had to wave to her to get her to come out to the outside but it meant that I actually had a really clear run she jumped ahead of everybody else on the home straight and literally set me up in first place and normally <laughs> I like running a, a second a third or a fourth leg because I love chasing yeah. and I love uh, I love actually having somebody ahead of me so coming out in first place was a little bit daunting but I've done it before and it was just a matter of holding my composure down the back straight and trying to stay relaxed and hold it down the home straight pass it off to Charlene then and Charlene ran an absolutely stellar leg like when I talk about a textbook 4x4 that's exactly what it was today uh, and, and it was at the right time as well uh, to get the qualification for Paris so the pressure was off yeah and listen like I mean it's a phenomenal result obviously you've had a fantastic couple of weeks you were in IMG in Florida like 11 athletes coming together and working really, really well together. Yeah, like that's the one thing that following on from Tokyo, we really wanted to, to get depth in the team. That was the one thing in the years previous that we might have struggled with is bringing in fresh legs. But now everybody's running so well, we can pick and choose to swap people in and out. There's huge depth there and there's, there's a lot of people who didn't run today who very could be running again in the future or you know could have easily have run today. So to have that depth and the community that we've built by spending so much time together, it look, it's, it's really positive moving forward. And, that's our first race as a unit all year and you know looking forward it looks like we're only going to get faster so it's really promising to, to have the team together and doing so well and this early in the season. A really good atmosphere in the yeah. camp I think throughout from IMG all the way up to, to the race today. I feel like there's been a really nice atmosphere in the camp amongst all 11 members like there's a huge amount of the women here because they have an individual or they have a 4 by 4 women's team and then there was four men out as well uh, but I feel like we all really gelled and women like you might have saw there was our interview was played just before we went out and ran. And the thing I alluded to there was, you know, they asked what's our magic as a team in Team Ireland, and it's that we always come together really well as a team. We always outperform our own individual constituent time to bring it together as a team. Like our baton changes there were were really good, and we actually managed to gain ground throughout the baton changes. So, well, that, that's what our magic is. We've always punched above our weight, and now all we have to do is keep keep pushing. And this is going to really, really bring everybody on to. Paris 2024 and it's really nice to be able to say that that we've gotten the job done today. Yeah.
You're listening to the Full Time Whistle on Galway Bay FM. Those finals get underway around about 2am and tomorrow morning. Just to mention Jake Hunter and CFS Andrew have won the Derry Renan Grand Prix at Galway Equestrian Centre. That's it for the Full Time Whistle. Sport again tomorrow. We've got the half door and of course don't forget Jimmy and Donal all to follow tonight here on Galway Bay FM. But for myself, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Your bank holiday Sunday. See ya.